Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Good it's good to see you this morning. I think I'm supposed to say Happy Easter. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen I know it's totally nerdy for, for a pastor to like doing that, but now we've met. I have something about Easter, I love doing that. He is risen. I, so I just got. I feel like that's my one of my sole purposes to train people to to respond correctly on Easter, right? So uh, it's good to good to have you and Happy Easter, but um, Merry Christmas. What? I don't know if you figured this out. I fi- this figure I figured this out quite a while ago. Uh, without Easter, Christmas just a cute another cute little baby, right? Easter justifies Christmas. Easter is what gives value to Christmas. In fact, if you think about it in life in general, Easter is what gives us value, direction, clarity, purpose, meaning, shows us peace, how to deal with fear, anxiety, hope, forgiveness, healing. I mean, what God did on Easter helps us to understand how it all works together. So this is what true character is. All those positive uh, character qualities. How to keep a promise. Jesus kept a promise, didn't he? We're going to see that in a little bit. And uh, it's just a fun, great holiday for us. And I, I, uh, I hope you were with us. Odds are you were Thursday night. There were like 180 people or something like that. Food everywhere. We did a Lord's Supper. This is a tradition of when Jesus took the Passover and changed the meaning of a couple pieces of it, not the whole thing, but repurposed a couple of the things. We had a bunch of people, food, uh, we had a great time, real short teaching on communion, then we shared communion together. It was a great, great experience. Um, And so uh, you've got about 360 days or so till the next one, and I'm okay with you planning on, hey, there's a free dinner, I got to mark it in the calendar. But it's the, it's the Thursday of Passion Week, and would love for you to use that as an opportunity to connect with the church, bring friends, have a free, free meal, just hang out with people, have a great time. We had, there was about 12 to 15 kids running around on the, the stage they had up there. We didn't do anything on the stage, but the kids had a great time. Uh, and it was just a great opportunity. And so I hope you'll be a part of that uh, in the future. And thanks for everybody who helped put that together, uh, Bailey and, and Emily and everybody. So that, thanks so much. Uh, so he is risen. I want to invite the ushers to come forward. Welcome to rock Bible church. We're Christ centered, biblically based, compelling, casual community. Uh, the guys today have some, uh, Bibles, outlines, pens for you to follow along. And we're trying to be uh, compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship and be a community that serves the greater community. Amen? Amen. Uh, Easter is just a great time for us to celebrate in so many ways. And I want to pray and I want us to get into that story and enjoy it. Uh, But that story is controversial in the world and it causes conflict. And uh, I want to take a minute to pray for the churches in Sri Lanka that were bombed this morning. Because some people don't understand the story. They're afraid of the story. They're afraid of what it might do to them. And uh, if they understood it, they'd know they didn't need that. Uh, but there's, there's um, 
people lost and people injured uh, right now uh, who thought they were celebrating Easter today. And so I want to pray for them. Then we're going to get into explaining the story so that we're all clear when we walk out of here. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for the greatest story ever told. And thanks for how we're about to go through it from your word. I pray that you would bless it. But we pause for a moment and we pray for these churches, these hotels, uh, these numbers that are climbing of over 200 lost, 450 hurt. And we know it'll be more. But Lord, we pray, pray for healing for those that need it for peace that are left, for those that are left behind. And then, Lord, we thank you for those that are sharing their first Easter with you face-to-face -face this morning. Pray you bless them. Be the, we with us now, Lord, here at Rock Bible Church as we get into you and your story and how it affects us. Pray your blessing, guidance from your spirit, and honor of your son. It's in his name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen? Amen. 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 Matthew is the longest of the Gospels. Chapter 28 is the last chapter. It is the end of the book, and this is where we get the greatest story. Uh, everything has happened. They had the Last Supper. Judas has betrayed him. Peter tried to stop it. Jesus told Peter, hey, slow down, this needs to happen. Jesus went to trial, lost it all, sometimes didn't even speak in his own defense. The disciples deserted him, and then he spent Friday on the cross. And they thought it was all over. Saturday, they celebrated the Sabbath with what they thought was the Messiah having lost and then Sunday came, and Mary and Mary decided to go on a little hunt for something that was hidden. Sound familiar? Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day, that would be Sunday, Sunday's first day of the week for them. Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. I love that verse. In fact, you just read that verse by itself at the top of your outline, by the way. Boy, don't you want to know that story? What's the angel doing? Is he bragging and what he's capable of rolling back a big stone, sitting on it? Hey, look what I can do. Maybe. Maybe. Is he defiantly challenging death and sin, Satan? You can't stop us. Or is he just looking for front row seats to a great show? I'd say it's probably all of the above. But I remember as a young boy thinking that's a great verse. And then I realized, wait a minute, there's angels? There's an angel on the scene? In fact, there's an angel who's about to speak, and he's going to say a few things. And this morning on Easter, I want you to have a conversation with this angel. I want you to hear the promises that are implied and outright stated in what the angel says. And so this morning, we're looking at promises from an angel. 
All right. Here comes the angel. He sits on the stone and his appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. They passed out or fainted. Uh, Do you think you'd have been a little bit nervous? An angel actually showed up. You know, you would. I would. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. First, he says, you don't need to worry. They were absolutely worried. They thought they lost their savior. Then I love what the, the angel does. He acknowledges something. One, he acknowledges the cross. It wasn't fake. It was real. The angel testifies what happened on the cross. The death of the man Christ named Jesus actually happened. And then then he acknowledges another thing. He says, and I know that's who you're looking for. Angel said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for he was Christ. Verse six, he is not here. For he is risen. risen All right, very good. As he said, did, it, did we really need that little three-word phrase there? We absolutely did, and I think it's one of the best sets of words in the whole passage. Why? Because it draws attention to the fact that Jesus predicted this. He prophesied that this was going to happen. In fact, he told the disciples outright on many occasions, the Son of Man must be lifted up. He will be crucified, and in three days he'll be raised. He said it was going to happen. Why is that important to us? Why do we need to know that? Okay, great. He predicted his shot, right? So did Babe Ruth, right? Pointed the wall, throw me the pitch, right? He not only called his shot, but he, he did a couple other things in that. He said, me, as God, with all that I'm capable of, I want you to know what's gonna happen. Not so that I can brag and show off, but so that you know that me, with all my ability and power and status, I want to know you. And I want you to know me. That's why we're having this interaction. And I'm going to prove that it's worth it. You see, there's so many other things that happened on the cross than just Jesus' death and our forgiveness of sins. And quite frankly, folks, I got tired of church watering it down to where it was just one or two things. Because the more I look at God, he's multifaceted. Amen? He can pay attention to more than one thing at a time, and I can't. Ask the family. (laughs) He can cover anything. And what he does for us is more than double meaning, triple meaning. Sometimes it has a sprawling effect that spider webs out. And that's ultimately shown in the cross. And we get to see a little piece of that when the angel comes and says, you know, he told you. He told you he's going to do this. Why are you surprised? Why'd you come looking for him as another passage? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Kind of implying you should have known. He said this. Come, see the place where he lay, past tense, where he had been, right? Then, once you've seen it, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen. risen All right, don't you love this passage? Uh, uh, Risen from the dead. What does the angel acknowledge there? Dead actually happened. Somebody asked me the other day, why when he was crucified, why didn't they just come back to life right away? 
Well, it's basic logic. No one would have believed it. In fact, to this day, there's something called swoon theory that they think he passed out for three days because they're trying to fake that it didn't really happen. Angel says, you can call it whatever what you want, but we in heaven, in the heavenly realms, we call it he was dead and he conquered death. Amen is right. And behold, he is going before you? What's that saying? Not only is he alive, has risen, he's also still here. Is that a surprise? You know, it really shouldn't be. Remember how the story started? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, blah, 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 blah. Adam and Eve don't eat the fruit. They eat the fruit. And next thing that happens, we're not three chapters into the book. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. He shows up in the garden. And I could show you many other places in the Bible where I believe God has shown up over and over and over again. You know, he's normally doing that. In fact, what we call a miracle on the cross, God doesn't have a word for that. Do you realize there's no such thing as miracle for God? He calls it normal. (laughs) He's risen from the dead, and I'm going before you to Galilee, which, by the way, he also predicted. So I'm going to see you later in Galilee. And here's the angel saying it as well. There you will see him. Not as he on the, not just on the move or as uh, the Chronicles of Narnia would say, on the loose. Jesus is on the loose, right? That's what I love about Easter. Jesus is out of the grave, now he's on the loose. But not just on the loose, but he wants to go see you. Interactive. Any idea whether you think God's still interactive? I mean, God wouldn't change, would he? Say no. Okay, good. All right. God doesn't change. He's going before you. There you'll see him. See, I've told you. Well, yeah, of course you've told us, right? Why, why that sentence? I think it traces back to the um, they're afraid to where they passed out, and they're in the presence of an angel. And this is kind of the angel saying, look, I'm not messing around with you. I'm an angel. I'm in your presence. This will happen. This shall be so. This is the way it's going to be. Not a threat, but definitely a weighty statement. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Is that a combo? That's not a combo you want. Or is it? I don't know. Do we have fear and do we have joy? Absolutely. With God, you get to experience the full gamut of emotion And they ran to tell his disciples, good girls, they're following the instructions. And behold, Jesus met them. What's that mean? It means not only was the angel telling the truth, but Jesus made it happen. Have they arrived in Galilee yet? They haven't. And yet Jesus meets them before they even get there. Is Jesus worried about the end game? Absolutely. Is he worried about the travel, the journey on the way there? He's worried about that as that as well. Love that he tries to be interactive, interpersonal. 
in the midst of all the plans he had, in the midst of all the prophecy, in the midst of what he was accomplishing and what he was conquering, what he was providing, he stopped to talk to the two ladies. And watch this. I love this. He, uh, Jesus met them and said, Hi. You know, so many things that God on high could have said right then when he just appears after... Con- Hey, by the way, did you like what I just did? Hey, by the way, your sins are forgiven. Hey, you should believe. Hey, why have you been doing this or that? Hey, when are you going to? No, he doesn't get into any of that. He small talks with the ladies. Why? I'm thinking the God of all time might have better things to do than to small talk with a couple ladies. Or maybe that's what they needed right then. If they're running out of there, if joy and great trembling, great fear. What does small talking do for them? Huh? Put them at ease. Calm them down. Give them a sense of peace. He meets them where they're at. Does God want to do that with you? Absolutely. There's some people that doubt that, by the way. You know this? There's people actually on this planet that doubt that. And they need not. Once they know the story, if they really read it at face value, there's great news in there. Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, and what did they do? They worshipped him. Yeah, that's the proper response. When you start to actually know who God is and what he's done, worship is the proper response. To acknowledge that there's something greater than you is a skill. It's learned behavior. It's also part of your design. These ladies ladies get it right. And Jesus said to them, verse 10, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Here we find out that Jesus isn't done yet, is he? Absolutely love that. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. You know, I say that every Sunday. We read a passage at the very end. I say, and may the Lord bless the reading of his word. I say amen. You say amen. Right? And then we move on. But why do I say that every week? So that you have some repetitious thing that you know I'm going to say and you know how to respond? Is there a purpose behind this? There absolutely is. Okay? On Easter, we're giving away secrets. Why do we say that? Because God's word is important. I say, welcome to Rock Bible Church, right? Bible is our middle name. We like to joke. Why? Because scripture, what God tells us is extremely important. And at some point, somebody wrote it down, guided by the Holy Spirit at the direction of God to accomplish his purposes, put down stuff, stories, words, letters, some of them, some of them poetic, some of them prophetic. But you know, more important than the Bible, well, more important than the Bible? Scott, what are you saying? You're bordering on blast. What could be possibly more important than the Bible? I'll let you judge. How about the actual experience? How about the actual experience of those two ladies, of those disciples in Galilee later when Jesus shows up? You know what's more important than anything written in the Bible? When Thomas gets to say, I won't believe it until I see it. And when Jesus shows him and he feels the the wounds in his hands, he says, now I'll believe it because I've seen it, not because someone else told me. I love my job. 
Some of you have figured this out yet, okay? Some think that I have more fun at my job than I should, and that's okay. They're wrong. But here's what I understand about my job. No matter what I say up here, no matter how many passages I read or how I teach them or how much clarity I bring to you from those words and stories, none of it is as important as your own experience with God that you interact with him. So may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Yes, amen. But more importantly, that you take his word and the blessing of it as something you incorporate to where you might run on ahead or go tell someone else or grab the feet or worship or believe. Try it yourself. Pray to him. Hang out with those that do. To where you get to start and experience the meaning, the clarity, the purpose, the lack of fear, the joy, the hope, the forgiveness, the healing that comes with understanding who God is. That's what was meant. So may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. But we're going to try to incorporate it, and that's why we have points at the end. Let's get through them. Here we go. Promises from an angel. The first one is this. What are you looking for? Do you know the angel makes us a promise in that? What does he say? I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. And for many of you, you show up on Sundays, and I know what you're looking for. Maybe you come twice a year on Sundays. Maybe you only come once in a blue moon or once a month. I don't care. I'm just glad that you're here because I know what you're looking for. You get in a relationship. I know what you're looking for. You seek out a job, status, title, money, opportunity, space in your schedule, investment. I know what you're looking for. It's because the answer to all the things that you seek are Jesus. Well, Scott, that logically doesn't make sense. Okay, scientist, great. But the pursuit of what you're chasing, once removed, the end game, the answers to that come through understanding how the whole system works, how it was designed, created, how it's maintained, and what the future holds in it. That's where it starts to make sense. So what are you really looking for? You're looking for Jesus even though he was crucified. What a great statement from the angels to start it off. What's the second thing? He is risen. risen Now you you knew I had to make that one of the fill-ins, right? (laughs) But what's the promise from the angel? When he says he is risen, he's saying, look, death can't hold him. He's capable of more than you realize. He is on the loose. He's available. Does it stop there? That he's risen? It sure doesn't. See, because he could win and then he could go off and have his own victory parade. But he doesn't leave. Here's the third promise. You will see him. Does God want to be seen? Like, sometimes I don't understand the other side. Now, I know I'm biased. I'm a normal pastor and I study and all this kind of stuff. But just like the basic premise. If God wrote all of these things and had people follow him and had these interactive relationships over generations and generations in many different continents for thousands of years. Why all that effort? 
if even half the stories are true at half of face value, why all of that effort? Because he wants to be known and he wants you to see him. It's why he doesn't give up on us. It's how you answer the question, well, why when we sin, why doesn't he just wipe us out right there? Because he likes you. Hey, how's that for a newsflash? Happy Sunday. He wants to see you again. And do you make mistakes? Absolutely. Do I make all the time? We're all knuckleheads. Have you figured that one out? And yet, he doesn't give up on us. He keeps reaching out to us, pulling us in, sometimes through other people, sometimes in your own head, sometimes through your dreams, sometimes through something you read, sometimes from a song that plays in your head from the radio, sometimes when you repeat something because Bryce sang it and now it's stuck in your head, whatever. There's so many different ways that God is trying to get your attention so that you can see him. And sometimes it's through a loud pastor. <laughs> Lastly, his past and present can be in your future. The reason he doesn't disappear, the reason he conquers death, the reason that he solves sin, the reason that he tells everybody about it before he does it is to get the point across that he knows all things, can do all things, and is ever-present. And in all of that, his number one agenda is to interact with you in the future. What's great about the cross and the resurrection and then him going up to be with God is that it's not over. For some of you, you're, li you're living like it's over. Some of you, your fear is that it's over or that it's ending soon or that between now and when it ends, you won't be able to change much. Folks, that's called a lack of faith. And in fact, in a, in a twisted way, it's blasphemy because what you're saying is that God's not alive or he's not around or he doesn't care or he doesn't do anything. He's done everything he can to show you that's not true. In fact, what he's showing you that is that no matter what's happened in the past and no matter what happens in the present, there is a future to be had with him for you. Well, great. How do I do it? Well, start talking to him. Start arguing with him. Curse at him if you have to, but start the conversation. You know, he's not threatened by any of it. He just wants you to start interacting with him. And when you start interacting with him and hanging out with people that do, it's going to work out. And you know, your future is bright. He talks about a banqueting table, way bigger than what we did Thursday, way more fun. I know it's hard to imagine better food, which I can't believe because the food was awesome. But we're meant to have a future with him. And you know, this is not new, not new concept for Jesus. In fact, what he did, and we've celebrated Thursday night, is he took something old, the Passover, in the present, and he turned it into this means this for the future with you. In fact, I'm just getting started. There is a new covenant. And yet we're still acting like there's an end. What happens in the end? Folks, there's no end with God. Have you figured this out? Eternity is a God concept. He doesn't do end and he doesn't do miracle. It's normal forever. In fact, what's the new covenant? He wants a binding relationship with you forever. And that's why it's odd when we read that Peter followed at a distance and then sat with the guards to watch the end. It's even Peter lost faith. But we're here because of Easter. Make sure you know there's no end. If there's no end, you've got to change your thinking to 
what? That there's no end. There's only next. And that's your word for this year. What's next for you and God? Hopefully what's next is not just you, but it's you and God together. If that's what you want, you can have it whenever you want it. It's a simple prayer, simple question, or it's just a simple decision that you start living that way. It doesn't have to be at this church, but it has to have to be in your head and in your heart with him. Amen? We're going to celebrate baptism with the people that decided to do that. And when we baptize them, it's not going to change anything. Well, they'll get wet. But baptism doesn't save them. Baptism doesn't take away their sin. What does baptism do? It just simply shows that they've decided to say yes to God's yes to them. That they want to work into the future with God from this day forward. You want to be baptized today? We're going to sing a song, and while we're doing it, we're going to get ready to get baptized. Well, I didn't bring clothes. I'll dunk in what you're wearing. (laughs) I got an extra towel. So if you want to be baptized, we're going to be doing it in a few minutes. You come meet me in the back. We'll go down the side. We'll sneak up there. And as soon as the last song's over, we'll baptize you. We'll have that experience together. But when you walk out of here, I want you to be clear on the promises from the angel who are actually the promises of God. Father, thank you for this. Thank you for these things that you predicted, prophesied, made happen. And then you made sure we knew about it by having people write it down so that we could be clear on who you are. That we never need live alone, live in fear, live with doubts. But that we could live with joy and hope of a future. That we could be the men and women you've designed us to be with character and virtue. Pushing for what's right. And then trying to provide it for other people. Pray that you would continue to do that, Lord. And we thank you for your son, what he did on the cross can't imagine it couldn't have made up a better story and so lord we thank you for that finished work and all the things that it represents for us lord we pray for that and for this offering that you could use them both and more to accomplish your purposes We thank you for all this and we pray it in your son Jesus' name. Amen.